All right, well, let's go ahead then and we'll open our Bibles once again to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 1. As we're opening up our Bibles, of course, we know we've been going through this, this series of sermons in the beginning. And we've been looking at, at how it is that God created the world and how we see that even through these six days of creation, God reveals so much about Himself. We learn that how God is, is a triune God, how that all three persons, all, you know, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were all there together. We learn that how He, he does things orderly. He does things for a purpose. We learn He does things uh, you know, for a reason. We learned that on day one, where in the very first verse of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God. We've learned that we don't, we don't believe that in the beginning there was nothing. Then all of a sudden there was something. No, we believe that in the beginning there was already the spirit world. Before there was the physical, there was the spirit. And God, being a spirit, made the physical. So we can't say in the beginning nothing. We say in the beginning, God. And then we started to look at the days of creation. And we see how God, the first thing He said was, let there be light, and there was light. And then we learned that He made the firmament, which was that separation of the waters. And then He took the water that was on the earth, and then He made the water gather up over here, and, and then the water uh, dried up over here, and there was land. And then He made the birds and the fish, and He's going to be making the animals. And folks, today, we're going to dive into uh, to day number five and to day number six. And we're putting these two together. And by the way, we're not going to finish all of day six today because day six was a big day. If I tried to get all of it in in this one message, we, we wouldn't be able to finish it all or we would be here for, for a pretty good while. So next week, we're going to come back and we're going to finish up day six because let me tell you, day six, that's a very, very important day. Because on day six, not only did God make the animals, the cattle, which we'll learn about today, He also made man. And there's something very special about man. And we're going to see why man is special. We're going to see how mankind is different than every other creature. We're going to see how, yes, while science might say, yeah, humans, they're mammals. Okay, if you want to classify us, I understand that. But let me tell you, we are different than donkeys. We are different than elk. We are different than cows. We're different. And the Bible tells us how we're different. And we're going to see how we were created in God's image. Folks, I am excited about next week. When we get here and we get to study in the creation of man, we're going to see some really neat things about God himself as well as mankind. But for today, we're going to be looking at day number five and the first part of day number six, in which there's some really good things in here as well. Let's go ahead and start reading in verse number 14 of chapter number one. The Bible said this, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light into the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. 
and the fowl that may fly above the earth and open the firmament of heaven. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth within the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creature after his kind, cattle, and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Our God in heaven, again, we ask that as we look back to the account of the very first days of this earth, Lord, what was recorded so long ago of what was done even longer ago than that, Lord, I pray that you would, again, teach us something about you. I pray that we would be able to take these facts that you've given us in this account of history and that we would be able to apply it to ourselves. And Lord, may we just leave here having gotten something from the Holy Spirit. I ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning. And we love you and we'll thank you and praise you for all you say and do. For it's in your name. Amen. So very quickly, we're going to back up to day four before we actually start with day, day five. What we saw there in verse number 14, the Lord, he begins to make the thing that puts off light. Now, here's why that was kind of odd. Because if you remember, if you go back to the first couple days, there is a point where God said, let there be light. And the Bible says there was light. But you know what there wasn't? There was no sun. There was no stars. There was no moon. There was no fire. There was nothing. God just said, let there be light. And so the Bible says that light just shone and it was everywhere. And the light and the dark didn't even have separation yet. Everything was just lit up. God lit up everything that he had just made without there ever being a sun, moon, and stars. And folks, what God does here on the day four, he, He's created the world, He's created land, He's created water, and now there's already light, but He says, you know, now I need to make it to where uh, the grass and, and kind of the, the sea, there's going, to be, there's going to be times. There's going to be seasons. There needs to be, there needs to be sunlight. There needs to be some time for day. There needs to be some time for, for night. So God does that. And in verse number 14, we're first seeing that God, He makes a purpose of the heavens. And God said, let there be lights, plural, in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Folks, here's what I want us to see. And this is an amazing thing that we're going to learn about the stars. One of the things I love to do is I love being outside when it's nighttime. Maybe not so much when it's you know, below zero like it's been the past couple of nights. But I love going outside when it's dark and when there's no clouds and there's no other lights on. You can just look up and you can see the stars, how they're in heaven, how they're just up there. And then you, we can think that, man, God made those. You know, it's been said that there are more stars in heaven than there are sands that are on the earth. Now, that it's, it's, it's almost something that's innumerable. We can't, we can't even fathom how many that is. And to know that, that God made that and he put it there. And then we think to ourselves, why is it there? What's the point? I mean, because really, I mean, we realize that the moon kind of lights up the world a little bit. But do the stars really give us that much light? I mean, yeah, maybe just a little. But more than anything, I feel like they're there for us to, to look at and to be amazed. And, you know, we're going to see here in just a little bit 
God put all these things in order far beyond us, beyond the earth, and we can see He actually did it for a reason. It's not just something there that's really cool for us to study. It's not something really just neat for us to look at. We see that they are all there for a reason. And some of those reasons have to do specifically with God Himself. Let me show you why they're there. First, He shows us in verse number 14. First, we know there for light, let there be lights in the firmament. That way the light goes to a place. It can separate from darkness and night. So let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Now watch this. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Do you realize today we are able to have a lot of our, a lot of our clocks, a lot of our seasons, a lot of our tides these things we understand and we know because of the solar system. You know, we can look at our months and we can base our months a lot of times off of the moon, can't we? I mean, we can kind of figure out when, uh, you know, what they call the harvest moon. It's going to be that time of year again. And then we know if you ever, if you ever live near, uh, near the ocean, the moon, as it goes around, that's what calls the tides to come in and out when it comes to times, when it comes to seasons. The reason that we have a nighttime is because there's a time when the sun is on the other side of the world. Or, you know, the world spins, whatever have you. That, that's why it's there. So God, He created this not just to be, okay, I think, I think this will be fun for me to do. No, He wanted us to have times and seasons. And folks, everything that we see that happens in the solar system, it's an absolute perfection. It is an absolute perfection. Folks, God put it there. It's almost like this intricate, this intricate clock. And the way it's put together is, is so perfect and infallible. It's, it would almost be impossible for us to say that this happened by accident. I want you to think of this. And I may have given you this illustration before. But say you're out here, you're you know, hiking on one of the trails. Maybe you're going over to, uh, say you're going across the natural bridge. And while you're going out to the natural bridge, you're, you're walking along that trail there, and you get to the point you're about to see the waterfall, and you look down on the ground, and you see someone's cell phone sitting there. You can pick up that cell phone, and just because you see it there, you're going to know a couple of things. You're going to know, hey, somebody left a cell phone sitting here. You're going to know that phone didn't just show up. You're going to know that the phone didn't just fall out of the sky. You're going to know that, one, somebody made it. You're going to know that somebody bought it. You're going to know that someone carried it with them out to the woods, and then you're going to know that someone left it there. And if you turn it on, you're lucky. Maybe you'll be able to figure out whose it belongs to. And here's the funny thing about that. This phone, which I've actually got one. You know, I've got my phone, and we can use it, and we can call, and we can do things with it. They're always making new ones, and they're always coming out with different, different ways to work on it and to change them around. But the thing is, they had a maker. And I want to tell you, what's, what is within this is infinitely more simple than everything that we have together. The way things are born. The way, the way, that, the way that a new life can form inside of, of a mother and that can be born. And, and the way that our systems work together and the way the solar system, the way, the way things turn and spin. Remember last week we talked about how we have an atmosphere? Were it not for the atmosphere that we would literally cook like a microwave because of the sun? God put that there. Were it not for the ocean and, the, and the, the warm weather coming off of that, we wouldn't be able to have rain for our crops. Were animals not to die, the ground wouldn't have any other nutrition. Were there no nutrition in the ground, there'd be no food to grow. Were no food to grow, we wouldn't live. Folks, God worked all this out together just by speaking. And we're to think that all this just happened by accident. 
Folks, we can't look at something so intelligent and something so perfect and say, ah, oh, yeah, it's just here. You know, I want to give you a funny illustration. You know, there's this, uh, have you ever seen, you ever seen a merry-go-round? You know, they've got one over here at the park. You've got kids on it, and they're, they're there, and they're spinning, and they're spinning, and then all of a sudden, they're, they're hanging on, and then maybe their feet are kicking out, and they're just barely holding on. If one of those were to let go, do you realize that they would keep spinning the same direction? If, if they're, that merry-go-round, I think that's what you care so, merry-go-round, whatever it is. If that thing is spinning clockwise, if something were to come off of it, it would keep spinning clockwise. That's a, that's a scientific law. And one of the things that the people that try to figure out where the universe came from, they said, oh, well, there was this, uh, there, you know, they would say, whether it be an explosion or this massive amount of pressure, it all began to spin, and it was spinning together. And then once the explosion happened, it all kind of kept spinning. That's why all our, our solar system all spins in the same way. And in the planets, they, they spin. Did you know that there is at least one planet and I think six different moons that spin the opposite direction as the rest of them? How would that have worked if they all came from the exact same spot? Folks, that's a scientific law. Things don't, things don't just change. And I believe God, he put these things in space to, to show us, to be able to look up and to be able to marvel and just say, wow, God, look how perfect everything is. Look how wonderful you put it together. Look how we can literally buy a clock. We know when winter is going to be here. We know when summer is going to be here. Everything works in perfect timing. We have, we have days, we have nights, we have times, we have seasons, and we can just look up and see all the intricate works. I want to show you a verse of Scripture. This is one, I, love, I love the Psalms, the, the way that the psalmist, he praises the Lord. Look with me if you would. I'm going to read it to you, but you can look if you want. Psalms chapter number 19. This is a great little verse. I love the way that he puts this. Psalms chapter number 19 in verse number 1. I'm going to read this to you. The first few verses of this chapter, uh, this is what he says. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto the night showeth knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out throughout all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. In them hath set a tabernacle for the sun." which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit into the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. You know what the psalmist is saying? He's saying, look, all we have to do is go outside and just look up. If it's nighttime, you just look up. There is no language that, that a person could speak that the heavens can't say. He's saying it doesn't matter if you, mean, if you speak French, German, English, or if you don't even speak at all. All you have to do is look up, and that's going to say something to you. That is going to show you that God has handiwork. You're going to see his handiwork. Folks, I want, there's, there is not one artist on the face of the planet that can draw a picture as beautiful as our God has actually made. Folks, he just spoke it. And then we can look up, and we can see that these things, they declare his glory. There's perfect timing. Do you realize that our distances you know, from, from, from the sun itself, that they're, they're perfect? You know, if we were to try to go to another planet, it would be too cold. We couldn't live there. If we were to get too close, it would be, it would be too hot. You know, the, the way that things spin, and, you know, folks, everything is just done uh, in perfection. And the universe is just so vast. And here's the neat thing. With all this that we can't, we can't comprehend and we can't understand, the Lord just spoke it. 
He just said it. I want to show you, though, and this is, this is something that's been pointed out before. If you're back in Genesis, look at the end of uh, verse number 16. I think it's amazing the way he says this. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, which we know that's the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night. And then as almost like a little footnote. Yeah, and he made the stars also. You know, no big deal. He just kind of made the stars. He spoke it, and there they are. And here we have been, as humans, we've been trying to figure out and study since the time of Galileo, hundreds if not thousands of years, trying to figure out how they all work and why they're there and what they're for. And God just says, yeah, I just made them. I just spoke them, and there they are. Folks, that's what they're for. They're for us to just be able to look up and see that God made it, and God made it for a reason. Now, here's something that, that really that really hit me between the eyes. I was reading after a man. His name is John Phillips. He's a very brilliant man. I had the opportunity to meet him just once, but he's dead and he's gone now. And he wrote a book, and I was reading his book, some of his things he spoke about this, and he made the comment. He said, you know, this is how powerful God is. He said all God had to do was use his words, and things came into existence that we can't even understand. All he said was let there be light, and then let there be the sun and the moon, and there they were. But... For your salvation, he had to suffer. Folks, think about that for a minute. To make the stars, all he had to do was speak. For us to be saved from our sin, he had to suffer and die. Think about how great of a value our salvation really is. To think that the most powerful, the most awesome, the most wonderful God above all gods, king above all kings, who created it all with the voice of his words by just speaking, he was able to bring it all to be. But in order for me to have forgiveness of my sin, he had to be made as a man. and He had to suffer and die. That's something he couldn't speak. That's something he had to pay for. That's something that he had to rectify. He had to redeem. Folks, that's us. That tells me that my salvation is so much more valuable than even the sun, moon, and stars. Folks, my relationship with God is more valuable than even God being able to speak and making those beautiful mountains out our window. That is how precious our salvation is. And folks, when God died on the cross, he did it for the whole world. That gift is available to everyone. And when he died on the cross, his, his blood... It forgave all sins, past, present, and future. It's good enough for every, for every last one of them. But the fact is, people have to accept it. And then when they look up into the stars, they see and they know there's something greater than them. Have you ever noticed, and this is just, just another thought. The psalmist, he said that, that the heavens, they, they declare the glory of God. They, man, they just, you can just look up and you know there's something there. Have you ever noticed there are other... Um, people groups, I guess, around the world where the sun, the moon, and the stars, where they've actually been worshipped. I mean, they'll look up and they know, man, there's something going on up there. Maybe we should worship that. Why? Because they just look up and they know there's something deep down inside their heart and souls that tells them there's something bigger than who they are. And they know there's something that they need to worship. And the sad thing is, most of those people can go their entire lives and never hear the name Jesus Christ. And they'll live and they'll die without hearing the message of salvation. Folks, that's something that we, that we need to think about how valuable that is and how precious this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ truly is. So, if anything, let's take that one home with us today. That, that to make the world, he had but to speak. But to bring us salvation, he had to suffer. 
Folks, that's an amazing thought. So we see that there, we, the God, what he's doing is he kind of, he's setting the stage. And that's what he's doing in this whole, this whole time. He's setting the stage. So we saw the purpose of the heavens, but now let's look at him as he finishes it up on day five and day number six. Verse number 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. And fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, that with the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Folks, here's another thing we need to see that again, that here, uh, these things, they're going to declare God's glory. They declare just how wonderful he is that he was able to speak. And you know, it's kind of interesting that God, he, he, put, he put the birds and he put the fish in on the same day. He actually didn't make them the same day as he made the other animals. He had a day specifically where he made uh, the birds and the fish. And then he, what he did is he, he made this one animal that was specific to where it was going to be able to fly through the air. You know, it's got its feathers. It has hollow bones. And he made an animal that was specific for the water. Many times has hollow bones and has, has scales. And he made them different. And then he gave them a command. Gave them a job to do. Hey, fish, you're going to go and you're going to fill up the ocean. Birds? I made you guys, I want you to go, and I want you to reproduce, and I want you to, I want you to fill up the air. I want you to you know, kind of fulfill all this. And last week, we talked about a, a statement that I told you you were going to see over and over and over through this. I wonder if you caught it. Look with me right here at this statement that was made, and we need to keep remembering this. In verse number 20, and God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowls that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And then he talks about the great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters are brought forth abundantly. And here it is. After their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Folks, why is that phrase important? We talked about it again last week. Folks, every time you see this word, after their kind, we have to remember that this is a fundamental law that God wrote within the pages of His book that can't be broken. You can't, you can't take a fish and then have some fish breed together and eventually that turn into a bird. That's not going to happen because they're two different kinds. The Bible said one kind will always produce the same kind. So, for example, you were to take birds. You know what? You have a blue bird, you would have or maybe a red bird, and you have these two birds, and maybe they were to come out with some other kind of bird. That would be okay, because you know what? You're still going to have a bird. Two birds are always going to make a bird. Two fish are always going to make a fish. I mean, you know, Darwin, his big thing was his, his finches that he saw out in the, was the Galapagos Islands. You know, you have, oh, these finches, look, they, they change. Their beaks change in size. Yeah, but it's still a bird. Anybody that's ever had a dog, if you've had two purebreds, you'll put them together and you'll come out with a mutt, but it's still going to be a dog. A dog will always be a dog. A fish will always be a fish. A bird will always be a bird. And folks, that was written in God's word thousands of years ago where he said they will produce after their kind. You will never see one kind come up with something different. Will things change? Sure. I mean, does maybe a shape or colors, those things change? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see that with breeders all the time. But folks, things will always be after their kind. And it's amazing to see how, how God, what he wanted to do before he ever got to the point where he created men. He, he, he filled the world with, with thousands of different types of creatures. 
Folks, look what he continues to say in verse number 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature. Here it is again. After his kind, cattle and creeping things and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Folks, what God did here is now all the final pieces are put together. At that point, there's only one piece left, which was man. And we're going to talk about him next week. Folks, all the pieces are now done. God, he made the, he made the fish, which that's one kind of meat. He made the birds. He made, that's, a, that's a different kind of meat. We know they're different. And then he made the beast of the field. And he made the creeping things. He made the domestic. And he actually mentions all three of those, if you caught it. He said he made cattle. That's, that's the domestic. Man, that's what we see people around here. They farm, they grow them, they milk them, and we eat them. That's your domestic, the cattle. Then he made the wild beasts. That's going to be the mountain lions. It's going to be your tigers. And you know, some people, they have a problem with that. They would say, oh, preacher, did God really make these wild animals that kill people? Did God really make the grizzly bears? Yeah. Did God really make these lions that were able to go out and they they caused the death of families? Yeah, he did. Does that mean God made the flu virus? Yeah, he did. I'm going to show you. Look what the Bible even says in that same one. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, they produce after his kind. That means the little bugs that most of the time we don't like. Yeah, he made those too. One of the things that I did, I remember this, and it traumatized me. You know, I, I have a problem with certain bugs. I actually, believe it or not, I'm okay with snakes, but I can't stand spiders. I just, I can't. I hate them. I don't know what it is about spiders. I remember I was in second grade, and I had to write my very first paper. It was like a two or three page paragraph thing, and, and they were, they were you know, making us do a little report. And I did a little report on spiders and how some of them were poisonous stuff. And ever since, I, I can't even stand to look at them. And I remember one time, me and my buddy, we, we were hired to do a job where we had to crawl in the crawl space up underneath his house. And it was one of the ones where you, know, you, you couldn't hardly lay sideways. And we had to go under, we had to spread plastic underneath the house and, and bleach the trusses because of all the mold that had begun to grow from the moisture and stuff. It was a very wet place where we were. And man, we were under there. We were underneath this house for several hours at a time. And at one point, I will never forget this. He was over here, I was here, and, and we were working, and the whole thing smelled like bleach. Then all of a sudden, I felt something crawling up my leg. And I, was, I was still had clothes on, and there was a cricket that had found its way past my boot and was crawling up past my knee, coming up my leg. And you want to talk about a, a, a grown man squealing like a little girl? That probably would have been me. I'm trying to get this thing out. My buddy sees me squirming around, yelling, trying to grab at my pants. He's like, what are you doing? I said, there's something in my leg. Did God make all those little creeping things too? Yeah, he did. Now, can I tell you, maybe, or actually I know this for a fact, the way some of these things are now aren't exactly the way God created them. And we're going to get to that in a few weeks. But folks, I want to tell you, when man came along and man messed up, He changed every last bit of it. The world that we see today is not the same world that God created in these six days. It's different, and we're going to talk about that. But what we do need to know is when we see this verse of Scripture, we can learn and we can know every piece of bacteria, every plant, every animal, every bird, every fish, every last bit of it. God made it. 
And he made it for his glory. He made it for, uh, for, for his purpose and for his function. It's his. And he, he made it to all work together and to work in unison. And boy, if we ever just go outside and just look up once in a while, at some point we'll just say, wow, God, you really are powerful. God, you really are wonderful. Lord, I look at all the wonderful things that you've done and all the things that you've put together. And folks, I want to leave you with this one last thought. And this is something that's also I'm going to bring up next week, but I want to wet your whistle for next week. Turn with me, if you would, very quickly over to the book of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to leave with this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 39. And the reason I'm bringing this up is if you'll notice, when God created all those animals, when God created the fish, when God created the birds, and then when God created the domestic animals, the wild animals, and then all the creeping things, if you'll notice, man, humans, they didn't show up in any of those. He didn't show up on the same day as the birds and fish. He didn't show up in the same command as the beast of the field. He didn't show up there. Well, why is that, preacher? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 39. I want to read this verse here to you. 1 Corinthians 15, 39. The Bible says this. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. Folks, here's the point the Bible is trying to make and what we learn there. Mankind, what we're made of, our flesh, I'm talking our actual skin and bones, we're different than animals. We're different than birds. We're different than fish. The Bible is telling us we're supposed to go and we're able to subdue the beasts of the field. We're taking them. They're good for food and we can eat those, but we don't do that with one another. If we do that, we've actually learned, and not to be graphic or off topic this morning, but when you get into these things of cannibalism and when we see Satan get a hold of a culture, they'll do that. There's some awful diseases and sicknesses that come with that. That was never meant for us. We're different. Our flesh is different. So when God made the animals, he didn't make man at the same time. So I believe we do mankind a huge injustice when we say man is equal with animals. And when we say the animals have the same rights that mankind has. I believe that's absolutely incorrect because what we're going to be getting at next week, and this is what I'm excited about, we're going to see that mankind is made in the image of God himself. Folks, we're special. In the eyes of God, we're special. Jesus Christ died for you. He didn't die for the crickets. He died for you. He didn't die for the cows, for the birds and the fish. He died for mankind. He came here as a man to die for men. All the rest of the stuff, he just spoke, and there it was. But for our salvation, he had to suffer. And we see how powerful God is and how wonderful it is. So, folks, we leave off our days of creation here. Now, while we're still going to be continuing with our series of In the Beginning, because there's so much more to it than just these few days, folks, take these thoughts with you this week. Remember that our salvation is something so much more special than anything God just spoke and put together. He paid for it. He didn't pay for the others, but he paid for you, and he paid for me. 
And then let us remember just how wonderful and how powerful God is, the way that he set everything up, he set this stage, and the mankind is different from all these other things that he made. So if we could here for just a minute, we'll have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed.